0: part two chapter seven section two of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter seven section two the service was over katerina ivanovna went up to her husband again the priest stepped back and turned to say a few words of admonition and consolation to katerina ivanovna on leaving what am i to do with these she interrupted sharply and irritably pointing to the little ones god is merciful look to the most high for succour the priest began ach he is merciful but not to us that's a sin a sin madam observed the priest shaking his head and isn't that a sin cried katerina ivanovna pointing to the dying man perhaps those who have involuntarily caused the accident will agree to compensate you at least for the loss of his earnings you don't understand cried katerina ivanovna angrily waving her hand and why should they compensate me why he was drunk and threw himself under the horses what earnings he brought us in nothing but misery he drank everything away the drunkard he robbed us to get drink he wasted their lives and mine for drink and thank god he's dying one less to keep you must forgive in the hour of death that's a sin madam such feelings are a great sin katerina ivanovna was busy with the dying man she was giving him water wiping the blood and sweat from his head setting his pillow straight and had only turned now and then for a moment to address the priest now she flew at him almost in a frenzy ah father that's words and only words forgive if he'd not been run over he'd have come home to-day drunk and his only shirt dirty and in rags and he'd have fallen asleep like a log and i should have been sousing and rinsing till daybreak washing his rags and the children's and then drying them by the window and as soon as it was daylight i should have been darning them that's how i spend my nights what's the use of talking of forgiveness i have forgiven as it is a terrible hollow cough interrupted her words she put her handkerchief to her lips and showed it to the priest pressing her other hand to her aching chest the handkerchief was covered with blood the priest bowed his head and said nothing marmolodov was in the last agony he did not take his eyes off the face of katerina ivanovna who was bending over him again he kept trying to say something to her he began moving his tongue with difficulty and articulating indistinctly but katerina ivanovna understanding that he wanted to ask her forgiveness called peremptorily to him be silent no need i know what you want to say and the sick man was silent but at the same instant his wandering eyes strayed to the doorway and he saw sonya till then he had not noticed her she was standing in the shadow in a corner who's that who's that he said suddenly in a thick gasping voice in agitation turning his eyes in horror towards the door where his daughter was standing and trying to sit up lie down lie down cried katerina ivanovna with unnatural strength he had succeeded in propping himself on his elbow he looked wildly and fixedly for some time on his daughter as though not recognising her he had never seen her before in such attire suddenly he recognised her crushed and ashamed in her humiliation and gaudy finery meekly awaiting her turn to say good-bye to her dying father his face showed intense suffering sonya daughter forgive he cried and he tried to hold out his hand to her but losing his balance he fell off the sofa face downward on the floor they rushed to pick him up they put him on the sofa but he was dying sonya with a faint cry ran up embraced him and remained so without moving he died in her arms he's got what he wanted katerina ivanovna cried seeing her husband's dead body well what's to be done now how am i to bury him what can i give them to-morrow to eat raskolnikov went up to katerina ivanovna katerina ivanovna he began last week your husband told me all his life and circumstances believe me he spoke of you with passionate reverence from that evening when i learnt how devoted he was to you all and how he loved and respected you especially katerina ivanovna in spite of his unfortunate weakness from that evening we became friends allow me now to do something to repay my debt to my dead friend here are twenty roubles i think and if that can be of any assistance to you then i in short i will come again i will be sure to come again i shall perhaps come again to-morrow good-bye and he went quickly out of the room squeezing his way through the crowd to the stairs but in the crowd he suddenly jostled against nikodim fomitch who had heard of the accident and had come to give instructions in person they had not met since the scene at the police station but nikodim fomitch knew him instantly ah is that you he asked him he's dead answered raskolnikov the doctor and the priest have been all as it should have been don't worry the poor woman too much she is in consumption as it is try and cheer her up if possible you are a kind-hearted man i know he added with a smile looking straight in his face but you are spattered with blood observed nikodim fomitch noticing in the lamplight some fresh stains on raskolnikov's waistcoat yes i'm covered with blood raskolnikov said with a peculiar air then he smiled nodded and went downstairs he walked down slowly and deliberately feverish but not conscious of it entirely absorbed in a new overwhelming sensation of life and strength that surged up suddenly within him this sensation might be compared to that of a man condemned to death who has suddenly been pardoned halfway down the staircase he was overtaken by the priest on his way home raskolnikov let him pass exchanging a silent greeting with him he was just descending the last steps when he heard rapid footsteps behind him someone overtook him it was polenka she was running after him calling wait wait he turned round she was at the bottom of the staircase and stopped short a step above him a dim light came in from the yard raskolnikov could distinguish a child's thin but pretty little face looking at him with a bright childish smile she had run after him with a message which she was evidently glad to give tell me what is your name and where do you live she said hurriedly in a breathless voice he laid both hands on her shoulders and looked at her with a sort of rapture it was such a joy to him to look at her he could not have said why who sent you sister sonya sent me answered the girl smiling still more brightly i knew it was sister sonya sent you mamma sent me too when sister sonya was sending me mamma came up too and said run fast polenka do you love sister sonya i love her more than anyone polenka answered with a peculiar earnestness And her smile became graver and will you love me by way of answer he saw the little girl's face approaching him her full lips naively held out to kiss him suddenly her arms as thin as sticks held him tightly her head rested on his shoulder and the little girl wept softly pressing her face against him i am sorry for father she said a moment later raising her tear-stained face and brushing away the tears with her hands it's nothing but misfortunes now she added suddenly with that peculiarly sedate air which children try hard to assume when they want to speak like grown-up people did your father love you he loved lida most she went on very seriously without a smile exactly like grown-up people he loved her because she is little and because she is ill too and he always used to bring her presents but he taught us to read and me grammar and scripture too she added with dignity and mother never used to say anything but we knew that she liked it and father knew it too and mother wants to teach me french for it's time my education began and do you know your prayers of course we do we knew them long ago i say my prayers to myself as i am a big girl now but kolya and lida say them aloud with mother first they repeat the ave maria and then another prayer lord forgive and bless sister sonya and then another lord forgive and bless our second father for our elder father is dead and this is another one, but we do pray for the other as well. Polinka, my name is Rodion, pray sometimes for me too and thy servant Rodion, nothing more. I'll pray for you all the rest of my life, the little girl declared hotly and suddenly smiling again, she rushed at him and hugged him warmly once more. Raskolnikov told her his name and address and promised to be sure to come next day. The child went away quite enchanted with him. It was past ten when he came out into the street in five minutes he was standing on the bridge at the spot where the woman had jumped in enough he pronounced resolutely and triumphantly i've done with fancies imaginary terrors and phantoms life is real haven't i lived just now my life has not yet died with that old woman the kingdom of heaven to her and now enough madam leave me in peace now for the reign of reason and light and of will and of strength and now we will see we will try our strength he added defiantly as though challenging some power of darkness and i was ready to consent to live in a square of space i am very weak at this moment but i believe my illness is all over i knew it would be over when i went out by the way Pochinkov's house is only a few steps away i certainly must go to razumihin even if it were not close by let him win his bet let us give him some satisfaction too no matter strength strength is what one wants you can get nothing without it and strength must be won by strength that's what they don't know he added proudly and self-confidently and he walked with flagging footsteps from the bridge pride and self-confidence grew continually stronger in him he was becoming a different man every moment what was it had happened to work this revolution in him he did not know himself like a man catching at a straw he suddenly felt that he too could live that there was still life for him that his life had not died with the old woman perhaps he was in too great a hurry with his conclusions but he did not think of that but i did ask her to remember thy servant rhodion in her prayers the idea struck him well that was in case of emergency he added and laughed himself at his boyish sally he was in the best of spirits he easily found the new lodger was already known at pochinkov's and the porter at once showed him the way halfway upstairs he could hear the noise and animated conversation of a big gathering of people the door was wide open on the stairs he could hear exclamations and discussion razumihin's room was fairly large the company consisted of fifteen people raskolnikov stopped in the entry where two of the landlady's servants were busy behind a screen with two samovars bottles plates and dishes of pie and savouries brought up from the landlady's kitchen raskolnikov sent in for razumihin he ran out delighted at the first glance it was apparent that he had had a great deal to drink and though no amount of liquor made razumihin quite drunk this time he was perceptibly affected by it listen raskolnikov hastened to say i've only just come to tell you you've won your bet and that no one really knows what may not happen to him i can't come in i am so weak that i shall fall down directly and so good evening and good-bye come and see me to-morrow do you know what i'll see you home if you say you're weak yourself you must and your visitors who is the curly-headed one who had just peeped out he goodness only knows some friend of uncle's i expect or perhaps he has come without being invited i'll leave uncle with them he is an invaluable person pity i can't introduce you to him now but confound them all now they won't notice me and i need a little fresh air for you've come just in the nick of time another two minutes and i should have come to blows they are talking such a lot of wild stuff you simply can't imagine what men will say though why shouldn't you imagine don't we talk nonsense ourselves and let them that's a way to learn not to wait a minute i'll fetch zosimov zosimov pounced upon raskolnikov almost greedily he showed a special interest in him soon his face brightened you must go to bed at once he pronounced examining the patient as far as he could and take something for the night will you take it i got it ready some time ago a powder two if you like answered raskolnikov the powder was taken at once it's a good thing you are taking him home observed zosimov to razumihin we shall see how he is tomorrow. Today he's not at all amiss a considerable change since the afternoon live and learn Do you know what zosimov whispered to me when we were coming out razumihin blurted out as soon as we were in the street i won't tell you everything brother because they are such fools zosimov told me to talk freely to you on the way and get you to talk freely to me and afterwards i am to tell him about it for he's got a notion in his head that you are mad or close on it only fancy in the first place you've three times the brains he has and the second if you are not mad you needn't care a hang that he's got such a wild idea and thirdly that piece of beef whose speciality is surgery has gone mad on mental diseases and what's brought him to this conclusion about you was your conversation to-day with Zamatov. Zamatov told you all about it yes and he did well now i understand what it all means and so does zamitov well the fact is Roja, the point is i'm a little drunk now but that's no matter the point is that this idea you understand was just being hatched in their brains you understand that is no one ventured to say it aloud because the idea is too absurd and especially since the arrest of that painter that bubble's burst and gone forever but why are they such fools i gave Zamatov a bit of a thrashing at the time that's between ourselves brother please don't let out a hint that you know of it i've noticed he is a ticklish subject it was at Louisa Ivanovna's. But today, today it's all cleared up. That Ilya Petrovitch is at the bottom of it. He took advantage of your fainting at the police station, but he's ashamed of it himself now. I know that. Raskolnikov listened greedily. Razumihin was drunk enough to talk too freely. I fainted then because it was so close and the smell of paint, said Raskolnikov. No need to explain that, and it wasn't the paint only. The fever had been coming on for a month zosimov testifies to that but how crushed that boy is now you wouldn't believe i am not worth his little finger he says yours he means he has good feelings at times brother but the lesson the lesson you gave him to-day in the palais de cristal that was too good for anything you frightened him at first you know he nearly went into convulsions you almost convinced him again of the truth of all that hideous nonsense and then you suddenly put out your tongue at him there now what do you make of it it was perfect he is crushed annihilated now it was masterly by jove it's what they deserve ah that i wasn't there he was hoping to see you awfully porfiry too wants to make your acquaintance ah he too but why did they put me down as mad oh not mad i must have said too much brother what struck him you see was that only that subject seemed to interest you now it's clear why it did interest you knowing all the circumstances and how that irritated you and worked in with your illness i am a little drunk brother only confound him he has some idea of his own i tell you he's mad on mental diseases but don't you mind him for half a minute both were silent listen razumihin began raskolnikov i want to tell you plainly i just been at a deathbed a clerk who died i gave them all my money and besides i've just been kissed by someone who if i had killed anyone would just the same in fact i saw someone else there with a flame-coloured feather but i am talking nonsense i am very weak support me we shall be at the stairs directly what's the matter what's the matter with you razumihin asked anxiously i am a little giddy but that's not the point i am so sad so sad like a woman look what's that look look what is it don't you see a light in my room you see through the crack they were already at the foot of the last flight of stairs at the level of the landlady's door and they could as a fact see from below that there was a light in raskolnikov's garret queer nastasya perhaps observed razumihin she is never in my room at this time and she must be in bed long ago but i don't care good-bye what do you mean i am coming with you we'll come in together i know we are going in together but i want to shake hands here and say good-bye to you here so give me your hand good-bye what's the matter with you roja nothing come along you shall be witness they began mounting the stairs and the idea struck Razumihin that perhaps zosimov might be right after all ah i've upset him with my chatter he muttered to himself when they reached the door they heard voices in the room what is it cried Razumihin raskolnikov was the first to open the door he flung it wide and stood still in the doorway dumbfoundered his mother and sister were sitting on his sofa and had been waiting an hour and a half for him why had he never expected never thought of them though the news that they had started were on their way and would arrive immediately had been repeated to him only that day they had spent that hour and a half plying nastasya with questions she was still standing before them and had told them everything by now they were beside themselves with alarm when they heard of his running away to-day ill and as they understood from her story delirious good heavens what had become of him both had been weeping both had been in anguish for that hour and a half a cry of joy of ecstasy greeted raskolnikov's entrance both rushed to him but he stood like one dead a sudden intolerable sensation struck him like a thunderbolt he did not lift his arms to embrace them he could not his mother and sister clasped him in their arms kissed him cried and laughed he took a step tottered and fell to the ground fainting anxiety cries of horror moans razumihin who was standing in the doorway flew into the room seized the sick man in his strong arms and in a moment had him on the sofa it's nothing nothing he cried to the mother and sister it's only a faint a mere trifle only just now the doctor said he was much better that he is perfectly well water see he is coming to himself he is all right again and seizing dunya by the arm so that he almost dislocated it he made her bend down to see that he is all right again the mother and sister looked on him with emotion and gratitude as their providence they had heard already from Nastasia all that had been done for their rodya during his illness by this very competent young man, as Polkaria Alexandrovna Raskolnikov called him that evening in conversation with Dunya. End of part two. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.